Hello and welcome to For the Love of Beer podcast. I am Phil Savory, joined as always by my good friend Mark Harley Johnson. Good afternoon, or Mahaba, should I say? Mahaba. Oh, well, I'm sure we'll get to that later. Yes, we will. <laughs> That's throwing me off. So, okay, so off <laughs> <laughs> to a cracking start. Um, for those of you first-time listeners. Um, well, that's a sign of things to come. Classy broadcasting, professionalism all the way. Um, so myself and Mark are on a quest to drink 100 different beers from 100 different countries in accordance with our bucket list, which I have up behind me in my spare room currently where I'm, where I'm holed up during the midst of a global pandemic. Mark is in his respective spare room slash bunker. Yep. In the den. It's not got much of your stamp on it yet, has it, really? Looking at it's it. not. It's not really a room that I've had much to do with, to be quite honest with you. I don't come it's in out. here very often. It's either the wife or the dog that comes in here, and I don't really have much to do with it. So, I suppose we get a better get on with the whole purpose of the podcast, really. Oh, yeah, we're doing that. Yeah, <laughs> where were we? <laughs> so we've got two beers to do, uh, two, uh, two beers for the list. Um, both beers that we've drank before, but obviously it's um, a fresh pair of lips. Um, on it, it's been a while. So, um, first up, um, we'll get straight into it, is a beer from uh, Laos called Beer Lao. Now, I've mm. deliberately made a mistake there. It's the fact that the country that's spelt Laos is actually pronounced Lao. So the S is silent. So that's why it's... So this should have an S on the end of it, really. No, it's just that the country itself... So the country of Lao has an S on the end, but right. things that are Lao, so people, objects, things, are, has no S. But it's pronounced the same. Right. What language do they speak there? Uh, Lao. But, but it's, well, it depends on, depends. The main, the main population speak Lao, which is very similar to Thai. But then you have other tribes and groups that have their own languages. Right. So even though there's, eight million odd people there's apparently sort of 47 different ethnic groups ethnic groupings. So yeah so it's all over the place a bit like a zombie they are inconsistent by their nature yes but kind of kind of time so anyway here's our beer um brewed in lao however it's a bit of a frankenstein's beer in that even though it's brewed in lao not all of the components come from there so the actual, um, they use jasmine rice, which comes from Lao, so that's homegrown. But they import the malt from France, and they import the hops from Germany. So, so it's not really beer. a local beer then? Well, it is, because it's made there. It's their beer, but they, um, they import in some of the ingredients for them to make it. It's a bit of a nice well, it is, but it is. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah. Should we crack it open? Yeah, uh, three hundred and thirty more bottle. Um, I love the little gold foil um, around the sort of the, the top. So you have like yeah. um, the, the neck neck label. That's this lovely gold foil cap's got a tiger on it and the, an LBC. Yeah, it's quite an interesting cap, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, nice cap. And I quite like the um, I quite like the bottle label. To be quite honest with you, it's, um, it's different, isn't it? Orange, green. Yeah. Um, little tiger on there you know it's not the usual thing it's not the sort of thing you're used to it's, it's a bit different it is a bit different yeah yeah five percent so it's strong-ish um we have had the, in fact you've had it a couple of times i bought you one by mistake in manchester 
But so yeah, it's not definitely not a new beer to us. It's not, but uh, but I have to say, it tastes good. That is a good one, isn't it? It's a good one. The last time I had it, let's say we were in a we were in a bar in Manchester called yeah. Convenience Store, and it was <clears> even there I had it. But I think I had it because the beer that I wanted they didn't have. I ended up with that instead. Yeah, you have to pass, like, with... Yeah, I wasn't really in the mood for it. I'd ha- I'd yeah. had my heart set on something else when I went in there. Didn't have it, ended up with that as sort of a substitute. Yeah, and maybe I didn't fully appreciate it um, as I do now on a nice, you know, hot sunny day. It's a good summer beer. Um, can you remember what we rated it first time when we did the initial rating? Um, I, I was. Do you do you actually have the? Do you actually have it or? You uh, no, I, I never thought to look. <laughs> no, I, 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 I don't know if we raved about it. Can't remember the first time we had it to be honest. It was a while back, but anyway, never mind that. Let, let's focus on the on the present, on the now. Mm. Your thoughts? I quite like it. You know, it's not. It's certainly not dreadful. Um, at all. Um, I wouldn't go as far as saying it's mind blowing. But it is very, very good. I do like it. It's a nice beer. I think we're drinking it in peak conditions, really, because it's as, as it stands at the moment. It's about twenty odd degrees. Nice, mild, you know, borderline sort of summer weather. Yeah. Which this beer? Everyone's at home. This beer is, is really well suited It's a good there lockdown go. beer. We've got a new feature there. Does this beer suit the lockdown? This definitely does. It's a bit expensive for a lockdown beer. Yeah, if it was one of those, like, if it was the only thing you could drink that was in your fridge, you'd be happy with it. Yeah. 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 I think the next beer that we're going to come to would be a good one for a lockdown beer because it's readily available. But we'll come back to that later on. Yeah, I get the feeling that both of these these beers that we do in this episode, even though they're from very different parts of the world, will have a similar vibe about them. Yeah. Uh, Just a hunch. Yeah, I have to say I'm very keen on this so far. it's it's right in a sweet spot where it's got a bit of character, a bit of flavour without anything sort of any sort of unpleasant sort of twangs. It's just a, it's just a nice clean beer. Do we know of any famous Lauians or whatever they're called, Lousies, Lowies? Nah, no one, mate, no one. Um, I take but, it there's no Lau football to be had. Well, there is. They do have a um, a, they do have the main sport in Lau is football. Um, their their own sort of spin on Thai boxing, and then their their football. They do have their own Premier League. Really? It's, yeah, it's sponsored by Pepsi. You know, it's got it's it's got some pedigree. It only has six teams though. That can't go on very long. That must so be like uh, the Scottish Premier League. Yeah, but even but even yeah. like more extreme, where they must be constantly playing each the same teams all the time. Yeah, um, probably a better standard. Yeah, and they they have um, another sport which. Um, I'd never heard of called Sepak to Craw. So um, imagine a bit like volleyball. Right. So imagine volleyball is that the net is a little bit lower and you've got three people on either side and rather than a volleyball, you have a smaller ball almost like made of like um, wick, or not wicker, like rattan. So imagine that. And then the idea is um, you literally have to volley the ball. So it's a bit like an extreme version of headers and volleys on a small sort of court with a net. So that you is serve... this ball got like compressed air in it or is it? No, no, no. It's just, it's just like, like a, a rattan, a rattan ball, sort of hollow on the inside. 
just like if you were kicking a chair around the garden, it'd have the same floating qualities as one of them, is what like I'm thinking. Garden, like kicking a ball made of garden furniture right. um, over a net. I'm just imagining how far you'd be able to kick it. I'm just trying to get that clear in my head. Yeah, you know. but the serving's ridiculous because it's like you have a little circle towards the back of the court and the way they serve it is like, you know, like a tennis serve where you throw the ball in the air and your arm's like way up over your shoulder and you serve it. It's like yeah, that, yeah. but their, their, their legs go like up over their heads to serve it. It's ridiculous. It is, it is insane. A bit like the scorpion goalkeeper. Uh, a little bit, yeah. And some of the, and it, basically it's just, it's just volleys. Um, you can, you can, I think you can head the ball um, and you can use your knee and I think you can use your chest. Um, so it is a bit like headers and volleys. Wow. I'll tell you what, if I still, if I still worked at the college, I'd try and get this, this sport going as an activity there. Try and get a few people involved in it, yeah. Definitely. The, um, Sounds the, ridiculous. There's a YouTube video you can watch that gives you like, um, some like highlight footage because they, they play it in a few of those sort of South Asian countries. Really? And, uh, you basically get um, dramatic music over the top of it. It's, 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 it's well worth a watch. It's brilliant. I wonder where the like Sky Sports Loud televise it, you know, like Super Sunday. If they were, if they were, if that was the only sport going on in the world, I would be knocking on the door of Sky Sports saying, "Can you, can you please put it on because I just need something to watch." Yeah, happily. It sounds all right for a laugh. Oh, it's, it's yeah. it looks brilliant. I'd love to go see it live. If I, if I was visiting Laos, I would definitely um, go and you know have a little watch, yep. see what happens. Worth a go. <coughs> play this game a few times with um, African countries, but um, do you want to take a guess of whether Laos has been colonised by the Brits or not? Um, I would say it probably has. You're wrong. It was actually the French. Really? The French had it for quite a while, and they only handed it over um, in the late fifties. But they were fairly hands off. I think they only really wanted it as kind of a, um, as access to other countries. They didn't really do anything with it. They left the people pretty much to themselves. It's a bit like us with the Falkland Islands, though. Yeah, a little bit. So Without it's a landlocked country. So, it's, so imagine um, a map of map of the world, and you've got China sort of towards the top, and then you have um, Laos, and then you have um, other countries sort of flank it, like Vietnam, um, Myanmar, I think Cambodia. All sort of, all sort of, it's all basically locked into that area. Is it a small country? Um, it's it's bigger than it's bigger than here, but it's but population wise, it's a lot a lot smaller. Say like eight million people, something like that. So, yeah, interesting interesting thing about Laos is that while they were um, impartial during the Vietnam War, because they bordered Vietnam, they had. Um, they basically, they're, they're linked to the Mekong River, which goes through Vietnam and also the Ho Chi Minh Trail. And that was, right. a, that was a vital supply chain during that, during that conflict. So the right. Americans decided that they were going to bomb the shit out of it. So essentially Laos, through, no, through no, no sort of purposeful fault of its own, just got carpet bombed to shit. In fact, they say <laughs> it is the most densely bombed country in human history. Really? Yeah, so much so that there's so many bombs and shells um, left around that they've actually become almost a part of the national identity and things that they've used it for architecture. Um, they've used them to like prop up buildings. 
They've made boats out of them. They've made gifts and trinkets, ornaments out of them. So that makes actually, me want to visit. Wow. They've, yeah, they've actually turned it into a kind of almost a mini industry where they've, they've taken those sort of used shells. Um, well, they do say, though, there's still a lot of unexploded bombs. Probably not, not the safest place to go rambling. Ah, sounds interesting, though. Mm. Oh, you might die. It keep going on your toes. It's one of those that if you were like looking for an unusual place to go, um, yeah. hot, humid weather, good beer, obviously, um, lots of interesting sights and things to see, relatively peaceful. Yeah, seems like a pretty. Everyone goes. Country. Everyone goes to Vietnam, don't they? So yeah. why not? While you're there, chuck in a visit to Laos. The thinking man's Vietnam. Yeah, exactly. And I'd say this is better than the Vietnamese beer that we had recently as well. Although we've not done that on a pod. Um, so that was also, yeah, that was quite a good beer, actually. It was all right, it's better. Yeah, it's much better. Much, much better. Would it make a good barbecue beer? Uh, yes. I think it'd make a brilliant barbecue beer. I think it um, would. It's a talking point as well, because you'd be able to give them your story um, about all the bombs. So I think that would make some great chit-chat. Yeah. Um, so I think it'd be an absolutely brilliant barbecue beer. Um, it's also not that hard to get either now because they they export it um, all over the world now. So they ex- they export it to the UK, they export it into Europe. So it's actually bizarre. Why is like such a like a densely populated country like that exporting this beer out to places like the UK? Why? I don't get it. Um. I'm I'm honestly not sure, but it's a good beer. I mean, it's got some pedigree. It's won it's won gold awards in beer competitions um, a couple of times in the last twenty years. Is it owned by one of the big ones? Oh no, Lau Brewing Company Limited. Lau, Lau Brewery Company, yeah, it's their own their own thing. Brilliant. So it's like they an did, independent one. I like that. Yeah, they did make um, so in Lau they did make I think they made Carlsberg over there for that area. But I don't think they're owned by Carlsberg themselves. They are, like own, it, they are their own thing. It's weird. Where did we get this from? I can't remember. Me either. But they, they say they export it to the UK now. So I'd be amazed. If Beers of Europe didn't have it, I'd be shocked. Considering we bought it in a bar in Manchester, it and must be getting fairly easily available now. Yeah. I'm going to say it's a bit exotic. <laughs> it's different. It is different. Asian. Is it the best Asian beer we've had? I'd say so. Uh, what have we got to compare it to? So, Tiger from Singapore. Better than that. Much better than Snow. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, We've got... Kingfish is coming up soon. Are we going by just the list? Yeah. Do we count the Philippines as Asia? We do, don't we? Yeah. What was the Philippines? I, I, well, that was um, Three Horse. That was shit, wasn't it? Or Red Horse, sorry. No, I liked Red Horse. Red Horse was the strong one, wasn't it? That was the 7% one. I like that one. Yeah, that, that was rocket fuel, that beer. Oh, that's tough. That's tricky. Would I prefer this to Red Horse? Oh, I don't know. And I'm, and I'm keen on Asahi as well. I know you're not, but I'm... Yeah. Yeah, I'm you very are. I'm keen on Asahi. Yeah. Well, that's tough. Um, it's up there. It's close. It's very close. It's interesting. Yes, um, it's up there. Um, Famous people that would drink it. That would drink it. Um, oh, I don't know. Let's say, didn't, was it? Was there one point before where we talked about an Asian beer and said who would drink it, and we said Gary Glitter? 
<laughs> yeah, we did. I can't remember. I don't know how we got to that. Um, I could imagine him, he could. He, he would probably drink this. Right. While um, um, surfing the web for dodgy stuff. <laughs> or is he in yeah. prison? He must be in prison somewhere, surely. I think we probably discussed that last time, didn't we? I'm hoping that after we're going. I'll just check. <laughs> I will just double check that he is. <laughs> I think bars. he probably is. Um, but if he was not in prison, then yes, I think he would probably have be allowed. Yeah, not that we're <laughs> saying it's a nonce beer. It's just that you think of like famous people that we know that would live in places like that. Generally, would be a nonce. <laughs> Uh, let's just see. Um, so, as of tw- as of February 2015, he was convicted of attempted rape, four counts of indecent assault, and one of having sex with a girl under the age of 13. Remanded in custody prior to sentencing at Wandsworth, uh, sentenced 16 years in prison. So, yeah, he's in prison, but he's in prison over here by the looks of it. Sounds like a right dirty nonce to me. So, so I take under it back. 13. Not... That's fucking bad, that is, isn't it? I Jesus. Know. So he won't be drinking this stuff because he's. Uh, it'll, it'll be probably. Um, Hopefully getting battered. Yeah, hopefully. Um, he doesn't even deserve to be drinking mythos. No. Dirty bastard. So I'm going to take that, um, I'm going to roll that whole thing back and say, no, he wouldn't drink it. Uh, I don't know. Ainsley Harriet. Ainsley, yeah, I can imagine Ainsley having a, a bottle of this. Yeah. Uh, I've got one for you. Considering we had it in the middle of Manchester. Um, oh, yeah. I'm going to say Liam Gallagher. I'd have a bottle of this in that pub in the bar. You would. So would Bez. Yeah. They all would. All that sort of gang they'd be loving this, wouldn't they? Yeah. I think they'd be happy with it. Um, right. Talking of nonces, should we rate it and do fingers? Yes. Oh, before we do that, we'll do that very quickly. Um, Ambassador's reception, do you think it would make it or not? Um, difficult one, that. It's too because... common. Yeah, it, I don't think it looks quite quality enough. It's but made it for tastes, poor, it's, it, it tastes, tastes great, quality. but it's made for poor people. It is, yeah. Um, difficult one, that. It's in the balance. So I would mm. say no. However, one of the one of the best barbecue beers you could probably pick. Without a doubt, yeah. As a talking point of drinking experience, fantastic. Yeah, I agree. Should we rate it? Yeah. Ready? Okay, okay ready? Three, two, one. Oh, we've both gone for an eight. Hey! Unanimous. Is that the first time that that's happened? No, it's been a while, though. It has definitely been a while. I don't remember it for a long, long time if it has happened. No, but eight out of ten, yeah. Yeah. Rock solid, really good beer. Um, Recommend it wherever you can find it. I'd imagine pretty much most places now, wherever you are in the world, this should be accessible one way or another. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so yeah, beer loud, first beer done. Wonderful. We'll be back shortly yep. with uh, beer number two. Welcome back. Uh, let's get stuck straight into the second beer. Mark, what have we got? We have got for you FS Pilsner from Turkey, which, as with Lau, we've also done this beer before. And I can't remember what we thought of it, but what I'm imagining is it's going to be a good summer beer, which today, start of summer, um, everyone's off work. Not I'm not, but you know everyone else is. Um, I'd imagine this would be quite a good beer to be having today. 
I think this would fit quite well. It's a Mediterranean, um, the Mediterranean beer, better together, it tells us. So it's a green bottle, but with a blue label. Weirdly, blue and green shouldn't be seen, should they? Um, but evidently they are here. Um, so, yeah, 5%. Another quite um, strong one, really. But it's a bigger bottle this time, 500 ml. I get a 90s vibe from the label, like like it should have been on like a Formula One car in the 90s. But maybe that's, I mean, I know it wasn't, but... It looks a bit like a cigarette packet out of the 90s, doesn't it? Yes, like a 90s fag packet, yeah. Yeah, that's where the F1 element comes into it, you're right there. Yes. It does. Um, and the logo at the top, in fact, on both the labels, is loads of bottles, sort of like a clock. I don't know what that's yeah. about, and I've not looked into it. That's a um, much. Yeah, so I mean, I can't report to you what that means because, well, I don't know. But yeah, <laughs> better together. Um, there's not a lot of info on here, but it's um, brewed by FS Brewery, and it's another one that's seemingly independent as it's not owned by one of the big yeah. boys. No. However, they are in partnership with SAB Miller. Um, so I presume they use their sources to export it, sell it, market it. All that sort of stuff. But it is... Um, should we crack it open, by the way? It is quite readily available Yeah, um, over here. You can get it pretty much... Well, I've been buying this from Home and Bargain. Um, so it must be quite cheap for it to be in there and easily to get hold of. And it's been in there for months. Yeah, if you're in the UK, it's, it's an easy one Yeah, It stinks, doesn't it? Yeah, it whiffs a bit. I remember last... I'm sure I had this about a year ago. And um, I remember Ooh. quite liking it. That's very, very different to beer land, taste-wise. You've had a palate cleansing cookie, so you could probably tell even better than me. Yeah, oh, yeah. I have um, have to say, that doesn't... Not that I exactly remember what it was like when I first had it, but I, 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 this doesn't feel familiar. It doesn't to me either. It's definitely in date, because I've just checked. Yeah, I was thinking <laughs> that. There's something, not, there's something slightly, um, slightly strange about it. It doesn't taste off. It's just... It's very strong, isn't it? It's got a very strong flavour. Um, it's, it's uh, there's something there's something unusual about it. There's something that I can't quite put my finger on what it is. Mm. Um, it's kind of citrusy. Do you know? What? I reckon it probably would make a good beach beer. This one. A lot of people go. Have you ever been to Turkey? No, I haven't. A lot, a lot of people. people I know a lot of people that have though. Yeah, it's one of those sort of cheap holiday, you know, package mm. deal places, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so I, I've never been but I would imagine this is like when you go to Ibiza and San Miguel's everywhere I would imagine this is everywhere in Turkey you know all the beach bars oh you're all inclusives on your tap and all that sort of stuff I, I feel but, like um, I've had a couple of sips of this now and I've sort of calibrated to it a little bit because the, the first the first couple of sips took me back a bit but I'm, I'm not minding it so much now it's massively different to be allowed. Mm. Hugely, the biggest difference in beers that we've had. On well, I thought it was really similar. But this is, I know nothing about beer. It's a massive difference. This one. Yeah, um, it's still kind of a summery beer. Yeah. Now I've got used to it. It still stinks, but now I've got used to it. It's all right. Yeah, it's not nice at all. It doesn't. No, I think Wow was quite a sort of. In comparison to this, it's quite a weak flavour. Whereas this tastes. I don't know, it, maybe it tastes more Mediterranean. I think it does, it tastes hot. Makes a good beach beer, I think. Yeah. I can imagine myself in a tiki bar in 
wherever the you know the seaside places in Turkey are, you know, like with a bit of the music going on and everyone in their um, you know, like straw hats and skirts and all that and having yeah. a good time. Beer Lauer's kind of imagine Beer Lauer's kind of um, you know clean shaven, quite sort of smart. FS is kind of a bit hairy and sweaty. Yeah, I mean you know, with Lau, I'd imagine myself sitting in like a little backstreet bar eating like a bowl of scorpions or something. Whereas with FS, I can just picture myself in my tiki bar having a burger. Nothing special. Lau's different. Lau just seems to have something about it. Whereas this just seems cheap, a bit boring. Turkey's like an easy, cheap, quite dangerous place to go. Is, is um, it that dangerous though? Is it? I mean, it's not if you like Egypt, is it? No, I don't think it's that bad, is it? But didn't they stop everyone going to Turkey a couple of years ago? Not like completely stopped, but the tourist market's completely fallen on its arse there, hasn't it? Mm. I don't think half the hotels up there, they're all shut down now because no one goes to Turkey anymore. So it's just dangerous, isn't it? Strange. Um, I could be wrong there. I, I may be doing Turks an injustice. but Maybe. Um, I, could imagine what, being, I, could, I could imagine sort of being served... A really hot day, being really thirsty and being serviced by a man with very hairy shoulders. Yeah. Um, olive skinned, quite sweaty. What are your initial thoughts on it? Um, at first I was slightly horrified and now as, as I get on I've kind of come to accept it. Actually I don't I don't I don't mind it so much. Yeah, no, I've got used to it, it's alright, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Um I don't think I think the time we originally drank this and rated it when we were starting this journey off, I think we were much kinder to it then than I think we're going to be now. And I don't know why, yeah. why or what's changed, but it definitely is not the beer that I thought it was. Um, experience has changed, I think. Um, Maybe. This was probably one of the really early beers because, as I said, we could easily get hold of this. So I suspect this was one on that first session that we had. Yeah. Um, maybe our judgment was clouded that night because we were pissed. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what we gave it that night, but mm, I don't know. See, it's different, is the best we can say about it. Right. Yeah. Now, as I alluded to at the start of the episode, Merhaba. Hello to you all from Mahaba. Turkey. Merhaba. Right. What's the capital of Turkey? Uh, Ankara It is See now When I was googling that It blew my head But I thought Phil's going to know What the, the capital is Because my instant Thought was Obviously Istanbul Because that's It is the biggest city um, In Turkey But it's not the capital Ankara no. It's the capital um, I, I thought you'd know that um, I was just testing you So um, Half of Turkey's population interestingly is under 30 you got a really young young population under 30 half of it under 30 they'd be voting Labour in so the whole country is basically like a club 18 to 30 yeah holiday. maybe that's why the tourist industry has been so thriving over the years because it's a place to go isn't it yeah only 8.5% of their population is uh, over 65 so they don't have to even worry about like pensions or anything like that because they're just going to die anyway. And they um, sort of live fast, die young types then. Exactly, yeah. 
live the best life and all that, you know, that funky saying, you know, like what they say. So now, what's the first food that comes to mind when you think about turkey? Kebabs. Yes, exactly. Donna kebabs. You're good with turkey. Donna kebabs, right. Main ingredients, apparently, are lamb, beef or chicken. So they say. Yeah. It's a culmination of all shit, isn't it, really? Yeah. Basically, everything's put together and it's, you know, like, it's put on this great big spit roast thing. Uh, right, it became popular in the 1970s, early 1970s worldwide. Um, but it's been around since the mid-1850s, apparently, has the Don Cabal, um as a vertical rotisserie. But apparently, the horizontal one, and this, it must make some difference, I don't know, but the horizontal one was like developed centuries before. But then in the mid 1850s, it was turned up ways, and then you know, another 120 years later, this guy called Beatty Gula opened his restaurant in Istanbul, um, put it on this vertical thing, started putting it in flatbreads, selling it to you know, like all and sundry who were going there, and um, hey ho, so was born the modern Donna So, yeah, 1945, this guy called Beatty Gula. And that was it. And then a couple of cent, a couple of decades later, 1970s, all the kebab shops start sort of developing all over the world. But the first Donner Kebab House in London, and therefore I presume in the UK, because obviously until London gets something, the rest of us don't get it then for another 20 years, do they? Um, so the first one in London was opened in 1966, apparently. And same ranking, 1 to 10, where would you think and this is perhaps a game that listeners can play along with. Where would you think, in one to ten, the Donna Kebab rates in takeaways? As in, like most sold, most popular, most sold. Right. So we talk. So are we talking um, to just establish the rules on this? So it's a top ten. So we're we talking Donna Kebab, pizza, burger, chicken, yeah. etc. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So what we'll do? We'll start at number one. Right. And then we'll work our way through. Okay. So what, so what do you reckon in the UK is the most popular takeaway? As in sort of things bought. Fish and chips. No. Really? Nowhere near. Yeah, nowhere near. Is it kebab? Mild. No. Nowhere Indian. near. No. Chinese. No. Pizza. Yeah. Right. Apparently the number one takeaway in the UK is pizza. I find that quite hard to believe, personally. I, um, but I suppose I, when you I, think I, of all the the Domino's pizza up, but then all the kebab houses do pizzas now as well. So yeah. maybe it stands to reason. Right, number two. Kebab. You have mentioned... Uh, no. You have mentioned this one already. No. Chinese. Yes. Number two, Chinese. Number one, pizza. Number two, Chinese. I'll go with that. Number yeah. three. Another one you've already mentioned. Indian. Along the same lines as Chinese. Yes. Doing right. well now. Number four. Uh, number four, burgers. Oh, I'll come back to that in a minute. Kebab. Yes. Right. There we go. Fourth most popular um, takeaway in the UK is the kebab. Um, now, I find that a bit odd in itself because I can't actually stand on a kebab meat. I think it's disgusting. People don't like to admit to like. The thing is, when you talk about kebabs, like I unashamedly like a kebab, 
yeah people um that i talk, you know people at work or family a lot of my family don't don't eat them don't like them people i work with a lot of them tend to say that they'll they'll eat a kebab but they'll only eat it in extreme circumstances or they, they won't even consider eating a kebab unless it's like 2 3 a.m in the morning whereas i would just eat a kebab any time of day that's like the popular view isn't it um i've actually got a... i've actually got kebab done a kebab meat in my freezer and I actually, I actually got some out the other day and mixed it in and made a pasta dish with donami, and it was great. But for some people, it's just like I know, really? it's, I know it's barely meat, but for me, I, I like it. I'm not a fan of donami in itself, but there is a um, a Turkish takeaway kebab house in Crewe, which has got the only like coal-fired oven anywhere, sort of in this region, apparently. Um, and they do the most fantastic kebabs. It's not like your average don and meat it's like proper chunks of i mean they do do don kebabs as well but it's yeah. like proper chunks of lamb beef you know whatever you want and it's all fresh it's fantastic really good um but anyway so you alluded to burgers in that i think we'll move on after this but yeah. where in the top sort of however many do you think burgers figure in this bear in mind we've got mcdonald's in this country a lot of them and burger king but i'm, I'm assuming they don't class these as takeaway then surely or well maybe they do but i'm guessing it ranks below chicken so it's probably going to be what eighth or ninth it is ninth yeah ninth the ninth most popular in the country i don't get it but a burger is something you could easily do at home probably to a better standard than what you get from a takeaway but how many thousands millions of people are being served at mackey's every day yeah but they're eating it in a restaurant they're not necessarily getting it this Uber Eats thing, the way you get your Mackey's delivered to you now, is a very new thing. So maybe over time, yeah. the the kind of the, the takeaway habits will change. But right now, you could make a burger at home very easily, or cook a burger, fry a burger that's going to be tastier than what you get from McDonald's. But you can't replicate a Domino's pizza. I suppose officially speaking, McDonald's is officially a restaurant, isn't it? So yeah. maybe that's how that's where it's out of work. Right, national sports of Turkey. Have you got any that come to mind? Well, they're big into football, aren't they? Yeah, well, I've got a better one for you. There's none of this boring football stuff. Oil wrestling. Oil wrestling? Yes. Um, that's not wrestling for like a barrel of oil. <laughs> Basically, this goes back to ancient civilizations, right? Now, both competitors, it's played between two people. Both competitors are doused in olive oil. Head to toe, top to bottom, olive oil, right? Are they naked? Now, well, uh, no, they're not. They wear leather shorts, <laughs> which, which, um, which weigh thirteen kilos, like per pair of shorts. Thirteen made out kilos. Of, thirteen kilos. They're made out of some like proper, like real, genuine leather. I don't know what the fuck they put on them. Um, 13, that's, like, that's, that's the weight of a flat screen telly on your knob exactly exactly so wait, so they're like I don't know maybe it lowers the centre of gravity I don't know but so head to toe olive oil 13 kilos worth of shorts leather shorts around them right now the aim of the game it's 40 minutes per game by the way right the aim of the game is to get your opponent into a position where his belly button is facing the sky. And once you've done that, you win the game. 
Um, the idea behind it, right, is that the olive oil makes the game like a fair game because it isn't all about like your size or your strength or anything. Um, so it's more about the technique, obviously, because when you're sort of grappling with someone, you, yeah. you, you're just like slipping all over them, aren't you? Um, so like anyone that's like bigger, it doesn't really matter. It's a disadvantage. Everyone's disadvantaged. Yeah. It's just slipping, aren't you? Because um, you're just like basically grinding people. Um, so I could fight like Robbie Coltrane or something and I could still win. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you're half the it, age of Robbie Coltrane, so that that gives you that gives you an advantage. Yeah, um, without the who else is fat? Rick Waller. Rick Waller. <laughs> yeah, I'll fight Rick Waller. <laughs> Put him on his ass. I'll slip him to death. <laughs> um, so yeah, there you go. That's the national sport of oil wrestling for you. It all sounds very um, homoerotic. It, it sounds beautiful. I can't um, get so my head around stupid. thirteen kilogram. Leather pants. I know. You'll have like, to Google have to be lined it. Have with lead, surely. <laughs> they must be, yeah. Like, imagine like, um, a, a big box of Frosties. Yeah. A kilo of Frosties. That's a big box, isn't it? Yeah. Imagine 13 of them and wearing it around them. your crotch. Yeah. That's insane. There's some serious weight dangling there, isn't there? That's, that's, yeah, that is some serious low hanging fruit. Istanbul is the only city in the world built on two continents. Oh, I knew that. Um, yeah. Um, highest consumption of tea per capita. They drink three kilos of tea per person per year. Second largest military in NATO after the USA. Um, so, you know, don't mess with the Turks. And yeah. then one final fact for you before we move on. Santa Claus was born in Turkey. According to who? Um... His official name is Saint Nicholas. Yeah. Um, so how it originally came about, he like this saint guy, he's Turkish. Um, and the modern day sort of variant of it, obviously, is American. Because all that sort of shit's American, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's Turkish. And in 2017, they found a tomb um, with what they believe was his remains in uh, Antalya. 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 Um, they previously thought he was buried in Rome, but he wasn't. He was buried in Antalya. Um, so there you go. Santa Claus is a Turk. Santa, would he eat kebabs? Uh, I reckon he probably does on the, you know, like maybe Christmas Eve. He's gone down the pub for a few, a bit of a session with um, some of the elves before they go start delivering. What, you think he drinks and sleigh drives? Well, He'd probably go and have a few effers down at the local and then soak it up with a Donald Kebab on his way home. And See, then he's... I was, I was thinking more of a Christmas Day or a thing where he would basically, he would do his, he'd do his delivery, he'd get back. Maybe he gets back and then he's straight on the effers and then it's a kebab and then he'll sleep through most of Christmas Day and he'll wake up and Mrs. Claus has done a roast. And as she's Turkish as well, then they'll eat some sort of Turkish dish. Yeah, kebab. That's totally, totally recreated in my head what Christmas is now. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah, so he's Turkish, so there you go. Ambassador's reception. No. No, definitely It's not. an all-inclusive beer. This is a, this is, a, albeit with a, with a slightly twist um, in terms of its unusual smell and taste, it's an all-inclusive summer beer. It's not a bad barbecue beer, but it's not of the level that Beer Lau was. It still pens, doesn't it, even now? It does. 
Um, and it's definitely not not one for the ambassador's reception. No, he would he would look down on this. Is it a good lockdown beer? I think it is a good lockdown beer, but not good, not as good as beer lounge. No, definitely not. But if you're the average, I don't want to offend people, but I mean, they're probably not going to listen to this anyway. But if you're like the average this morning watching person um, who doesn't really have a job anyway, who's just whinging about. Karen going out doing a shopping during lockdown on People Facebook. You think Piers Morgan should be Prime Minister, basically? Yeah. Or um, Boris Johnson. Along with Katie Hopkins. Even crazy. Yeah. Along with Katie Hopkins. Um, yeah. they, they drink this. It's a home and bargain beer. Um, it's cheap. It's plentiful. It's Turkey's version of Carlsberg or Carly. It's a bit ha- I think that's a bit harsh. It's not, it's not brilliant, but it's not terrible either. It's very, it's very distinctive. It's very odd. Um, yeah, yeah, I uh, yeah. Well, it is what it is. Should we? Should we just get mm. to rating it? Um, yeah, I think so. Right. Okay. You ready? Things at the ready. Fingers. Yeah. Okay. Ready. Three, two, one. We've agreed again. Have you got a six? I Both can only see six. The, can only see the tip of your fingers. Yeah. Six. Yeah. Six. Wow. Yeah. We're in sync today. We are doing well today. We're doing well today. Um, yeah, won't complain about that. I think six out of ten. I think I'm sure the first time we had this, we were a lot more generous with it and how we rated it when it was on your Facebook or my Facebook. Yeah, we were, we were kinder to it, and I feel like now, with, a, with maybe a slightly more nuanced palette, it doesn't quite pass the test compared to other beers. There's better beers out there. There's better That's things that we've experienced. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's all not, right for a change. Yeah, it's not awful, and it is something a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll leave it at that. Uh, Mark, where can people find us on social media? At FTLOB Pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and now YouTube. Yes, we are on YouTube. Um, and, uh, well, some of the stuff's on YouTube. A lot of this series is going to be on YouTube while we're in these yeah. bunkers, basically. Yeah. Um, well, if you're watching this, you'll know that we're on YouTube, obviously. That's a good point. Um, yeah. Also, email uh, for the love of beer pod at gmail.com. Send us whatever you like, really, unless it's um, unless you're a Nigerian prince, in which case, um, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, and um, if you're Gary Glitter, please don't bother. Yeah. Um, okay, well, thanks again for listening. It's been another episode of For the Love of Beer. Um, we'll be back, I'm sure, in our respective bunkers soon with another couple of beers for you. In the meantime, Stay safe and uh, and again, thanks for listening. Bye bye, everyone. All I do is drink beer for breakfast. This podcast is presented by the Podcast Lot, a free promotion label for up and coming podcasts. Follow them on Twitter at Podlot.